Welcome everyone to today's class. Uh, we're in the Lake District. <laughs> we arrived yesterday, so that's why we're different background. And we've had a surprise visit this morning from Bolton. So that's Vanita, Dimple, and Prabha. They surprised us this morning uh, to come come to live class. So. Here we are. Chapter three, yoga of action. Topic five, impediments to right action. So Krishna has now given the technique of right action in the previous verses of this chapter. This whole chapter is the yoga of action. He's given out the techniques, the technique of action. And then in verse 36, Arjuna responds by asking Krishna, what force is it that causes a person not to perform the right action? What makes a person do something against his own wishes, something he knows is wrong? Then in the following three verses, 37, 38, 39, we took 37 up last week. We're gonna do 38 and 39 in today's class. Krishna explains to Arjuna why we're not able to keep to the right path. Then in the last four verses of this chapter, verses 40 to 43, Lord, Lord Krishna explains how to overcome this impediment, this barrier. So last week we covered verse 36. Arjuna asked Krishna, what is this force that makes you take the wrong path? This force that makes you do things that is against our conscience. Something we regret later. What makes you commit this sin? We said sin here refers to the agitation you feel when you have done a wrong action. When you act against your conscience. So sin is not in the action itself, but in a reaction. And we gave some examples. Everyone knows what is right or wrong. Even a murderer knows it is wrong to kill. So what is this force that makes me do things which is wrong, which, is, which I later regret? And then the Lord replies in verse 37. Lord Krishna replies to Arjuna, the force that takes one away from the right action is karma and krodha, desire and anger. It is desires that are a barrier that takes us away from our original state of godhood, from God-realization. You remember that formula, God plus desires equals human being. Hence, desires is regarded as the greatest enemy in our life. This is verse 37. 
So what stops us from performing the right action in life is our desires. And we touched upon where desires come from. Where do they manifest from? Anybody, where do the desires manifest from? From your mind. Vijayba is pointing at his head, saying from the mind. Thoughts. Thoughts, yeah. Yeah. Asnas manifest as thoughts, manifest as desires. But ultimately, remember that formula, God plus desires equals human being. Ultimately, desires arise due to ignorance of the self. Because of our ignorance that we are the self, there is a feeling of incompleteness within us, emptiness, a void. So to fulfill that void, thought flow goes towards objects and beings in the world, thinking it will fill in that empty space, but it doesn't. It doesn't because it's the wrong kind of thing to fill that gap. Only knowledge of the self will fill that gap. And when this desire is interrupted by another object or being, it is deflected. This deflected current is anger. Those are the two different desires and anger, karma and krodha. So we said anger is a modification of desire. There would be no anger without a desire. And the mind entertains endless desires without any restraint. And these desires are insatiable. They will keep increasing. They'll never stop. The greater the number of desires, the more we suffer from mental agitations. Because there's more desires that are unfulfilled. Mind can want anything. It never ends. Any questions? That was last week's two verses we covered. Any questions? Yeah, Sil has a question. Um, so you're saying that because I'm, my desires are because I'm not relating to the self or I'm ignorant of the self. So if we're thinking about a good desire, for example, of wanting to do a specific puja or go on a specific pilgrimage um, they are relatively good desires mm -hmm. and they're in essence spiritual desires mm -hmm. not materialistic as such am i still ignorant of the self because i have that desire so you have desires which are spiritual in this essence yeah mm -hmm. like you want to do mount kailash you want to do chardam you want to go and visit temples yeah. So ultimately, these fulfilling these desires are supposed to remind you of God, something spiritual, something beyond this world. And if by doing that, it is fulfilling that desire to understand what God is or understand who I am, then yes. But if you're just doing it because it's something to do, then no. So fulfilling that um, desire for um, for example, pilgrimage, why are you doing it? What's the reason behind it? That's why if you do it for the right reason, when you get to the top, 
yeah, when you get to Mount Kailash or when you get to um, Badrinath, Kedanath, you feel this sense of euphoria. You feel you feel that something um, with a feeling that you don't get in the world in a normal in the material world. Yeah, when you're back home, that feeling connects you to something beyond this world. But if you're not doing it for that reason, then all you feel is a sense of achievement that you've reached there. So what is the thought behind that action? Yeah. So those are, if, if it's for the right reason, then yes, definitely. But this void is because we don't know who we are. And we think by going into the world and fulfilling desires, it will fill that completeness, but it doesn't. Is everyone okay? Is all right? Cool. You do it to find yourself. You do it to find yourself. Well, yeah. hopefully, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that desire to go to a pilgrimage is a high, de high ideal. So even though you have a desire for it, that vasana is there, but it's a, a, a positive desire because you're always thinking about something bigger than the materialistic world. Mm -hmm. So that desire will bring you that joy. Definitely, definitely. Because it's not like fulfilling a normal material desire. It's something it connects you at a different level, you see? And that's why it's more fulfilling and yeah, connects you, makes you think of God. Any desire that makes you think fulfilling, any desire that makes you think of something higher, self, Atman, Brahman, Jesus, Allah, whatever. Would that desire, that euphoria feeling you have, then will intensify and then you'll want that more? Now, what, what, what vasana is, have you created doing that? Is that still a positive vasana or... Are you now thinking, oh, I want to feel like this all the time? Is there a line in that? Yeah, you can get attached to that feeling. Craving. A craving for that feeling. I want to feel like this all the time. Yeah, that's not possible. You have to develop yourself spiritually. So that isn't like maybe some kind of a walk person or a few people who just wanted to do it as a walk rather than the essence of going to Mount Kailash. Is that what you mean? Kind of thing, yeah. Why are you doing it? Why are you going to Kedarnath? Just so that you can tick it off a, a list to say, I've been there? Or is there something pulling you there? Something that you want to fulfill? That thought, that feeling, you know? So that's the reason. Is that okay? Yeah. Vanessa, you have a question? I'm surrounded by five people asking questions, <laughs> not just several. If, if you, are, would you be guided to that vasana because it's manifesting at the right time? Um, is that on, because you're ready for a high ideal with, because you've lessened your vasanas in the context of like materialistic, so you are then guided to the higher. So you're developing to get to that point. Is that correct? Absolutely. You wouldn't do it unless there was some sort of calling, some vasana manifested. I want to find out who I am. I want to find out what is beyond this world. What is my purpose? You know. And by going to these places, you feel maybe some of your questions may be answered. So that's why there's a there's a yearning. Possibly your partner says you can't go. Yeah. You'll be saying you might get angry and say, why not? 
know, so that desire, if it's um, questioned by somebody else or there's a barrier, it turns into anger. Is that okay, anybody, any else? Okay. So today's class, we're gonna do, start with verse 38. So Lord Krishna has uh, um, replied to Arjuna's question in verse 37 saying, it is desire and anger. Now in 38, he continues, and 39, he continues answering Arjuna's question. Tu me navriyate varni yathadar somale nacha yatho be navrito garbas tathate nedamavratam du me navriyate varni yathadar somale nacha as fire is covered by smoke, as a mirror by dust, as an embryo is covered by the womb, so is this covered by it. Very cryptic. So this verse is explained using philosophy and poetry. This verse is actually taken directly from the Upanishads. So this is how the verses are in the Upanishads. Upanishads is higher than the Gita. And this is all you get in the Upanishad. You have to work it out. What does that mean? So it's a lot more cryptic. So what is it saying? This fire is covered by smoke, a mirror by dust, an embryo is covered by womb. So is this, capital T, covered by it. We're going to find out what that means. We all understand that we are the self. Atman, Brahman. After these classes, you have some idea that I am the self, Atman, Brahman. But we're not aware of this. We're not all aware of this. You've been coming to classes, so you have some awareness now. Because the self within is covered by vasanas and desires. That's why we don't realize that we're God, that we're the self. Because the self within is covered by vasanas, desires. So what happens if you remove the vasanas, desires? What happens, anyone? You find the self. You find the self. You remove the vasanas, desires. You uncover your true personality of godhood, the self. This is called self-realization. Is that clear? You remove the vasanas, desires. You uncover your true personality. Therefore, all this philosophy is teaching us is how to do this. It's quite simple. This philosophy in the Gita is teaching us how to remove our vasanas so we can uncover the self, how to remove the desires that is covering the self. Man minus desires equals God. God plus desires equals human being. 
it's quite straightforward. Remove the desires and you're back to your godhood. So this verse is saying, so is this capital T covered by it? The Atman in you is referred to as this. Anything with a capital, this, that, self, means Atman, Brahman, self. Anything with a capital means that in this context. The Atman in you, this is covered by it. It meaning desires. As fire is covered by smoke, mirror by dust, embryo by womb, so is this Atman covered by it, fastness. Does that make sense, Nilam? Yeah? That's what this verse is saying. So how is it covered? This is what this verse is explaining. How is vastness covering the self? How is it? Any ideas? Yeah. It's the ignorance we have that is what causes the distortion because we are ignorant of who we are. And when we're searching, we actually don't know what we're looking for. So the ignorance of the self is the biggest block. That's right. Ignorance of the self, absolutely. So this, this verse, what it's saying is that, remember we discussed the three different qualities, three temperaments of a human being. Every human is made up of the three different temperaments. Can you remember three temperaments? Sattvic is the highest quality in a human being. The mind is serene, calm, spiritual. Then we had rajasic, frenzied activity. Mind is agitated, passionate. Tamas, the lowest quality, inactivity. The mind makes you lazy, sloth. So similarly, what this verse is saying is there are three types of qualities of desires. We're going to study that. Yeah, does that make sense? Three different qualities of desires. Sattvic desires, rajasic desires, tamasic desires. In fact, later on, when you get into the Gita chapter 17, I think it is, it talks about sattvic, rajas, tamasic in all walks of life. Sattvic, tamas, rajas, food. Sattvic, rajas, tamas, thoughts, feelings, all sorts is dissected. So here we're talking about sattvic, rajas, tamas, as far as desires are concerned. Dipabin? Yeah? So sattvic being the highest, serene, contemplative, contemplative in touch with the spiritual side. Rajasik, full of worldly desires, frenzy activity. Damasik is the lowest quality of desires. So this verse is saying, the Atman in us is covered by these three quality of desires. So how easy is it to remove these three different types of desires? We all want to reach that state of godhood. And we have desires of these qualities. How easy is it to remove them? This is what we're going to talk about. Ben, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's not that bad. Don't worry. Any questions before we 
talk about suffix design. Is it, is it clear to everyone? Simple, clear? We're gonna discuss the three qualities of the desires, yeah? Okay, so first one, sattvic desires. That's the highest quality a human being has. The desires are very pure, subtle. So they cover the self very thinly. Does that make sense? Pure thoughts, pure desires. Sattvic desires are mainly spiritual to seek the self. In this verse, sattvic desires is compared to smoke covering a fire. That's the metaphor used. You have a fire and there's smoke. A breeze comes along and removes the smoke to expose the fire. It doesn't take a lot, does it? Just a slight breeze takes the smoke away and the fire is exposed. Similarly, sattvic desires can be destroyed very easily. A simple experience like going to a Gita lecture, serving the guru, seeing a beautiful sunrise or sunset, it doesn't take a lot to remove sattvic desires. Hardly any effort is required if you have sattvic desires. The analogy here is that just as the fire can be seen within the smoke, divinity can be recognized in the person with sattvic desires. See, when you have a fire and smoke, you can still see the fire. Similarly, a person with sattvic desires, you see the divinity in them. You go and visit a sage or a mahatma in a temple, they have no worldly desires. The desire is only to gain self-realization. You can sense that while you're in their presence, isn't it? Sattvic desires, spiritual desires. So sattvic desires themselves are very pure and spiritual desires, easily removed without much effort to unveil the self within. Any questions about sattvic desires? See, so you, when you're coming to this class, it's because you have sattvic desires to find out more about Atman Brahman self. That's why you're here. You wouldn't be here otherwise. These are sattvic desires. Nilam, could you read paragraph one, please? Here, three analogies describe the veiling of the self by three types of desires. The verse states, the, this idam is covered by it, dena. This refers to Atman, the supreme self within. It refers to desire mentioned in the previous verse. The three types of desires are sattva, pure, rajas, passionate, and tamas, indolent. All three cover the divinity within. Sattvika desires are the purest and subtlest type. Desire to realize the self, to evolve spiritually, to serve the guru and such other noble desires would fall under the sattvika character, ca category. But such desires, however divine, also veil the self. Sattvika desires cover the self thinly as smoke covers fire. Through the, through the smoke, the fire can still be seen. Also, a passing breeze can remove the smoke and completely expose the fire. It requires no more effort than that to remove smoke. Similarly, even in the presence of sattvika desires, the divinity of a person can be recognized clearly. 
A small help by the guru or a simple experience can drive away the last trace of sattvika desire and expose the pure divinity. Thank you. Any questions? Rajasika desires, passionate. Rajasika desires are gross, egoistic. They're directed towards the world. Material desires. I want to travel to Australia. Then I want to see the Great Wall of China. And then I want to go here, there, and everywhere. Rajasika desires. I need to be very successful. Need a big house, beautiful partner, lots of money. I want to be rich, powerful. Rajasika desires. All the desires are within the world. That's the main difference. All the desires are within the world. Hardly any spiritual desires. And if they are, they're very weak. Example. Partner wants to go to Kedarnath on a pilgrimage. The wife wants to go there, spiritual desires. Husband hasn't got any of these desires. But wife says, you have to come with me. I can't go on my own. So this person will go with her. But for the, for, not for spiritual reasons, just because to accompany his wife, for example, to go there. He has no desires, spiritual desires. On the way, he may be business plan. On the way, he'd be thinking of business. How can I increase my business? Wife says, okay, we reach Kedanath. They'll go in to do the puja. No interest. Rajasic person. Even though he's on a pilgrimage, no effect. No feeling. Rajasic. No spiritual desires. So it says here, Rajasika desires is like dust covering a mirror. The analogy is dust covering a mirror. The dust blurs the mirror. A passing breeze, wind cannot remove that dust. What would you have to do to remove the dust off the mirror? Wipe it. You put in effort to remove the dust by wiping it away. Bottle of windoline, cloth. Rub it off, isn't it? Similarly, a rajasic person would have to put in consistent effort to exhaust their rajasic desires. Meaning he would need to come to the class every week, read in the morning, put in constant effort, and then slowly replace his rajasic desires, material desires, worldly desires with spiritual desires. Then he will come out of that. Rajasic desires. You have to put in effort, like you have to wipe the mirror, you have to put in effort. The self in them is blurred. It'd be difficult for you to see divinity in a Rajasic person because of all his actions are gross. So, a Rajasic person, after putting in constant effort, Divinity would then gradually unfold. He will move up to the next stage of sattva. Does that make sense? Love it? 
Ladies? Okay. Nilam, would you read paragraph two, please? Rajasika desires are passionate and gross, egocentric and selfish. They are directed towards the world. Such desires cover the self in a person as dust covers a mirror. The analogy again contains two points of comparison. First, the coating of dust blurs the image. A passing breeze would have little effect in removing the dust from the mirror. One would have to put in the effort of wiping the dust away. Similarly, the presence of Rajasika desires obscures divinity in a Rajasika person. Exhaustion of these desires requires consistent effort. Only then will the divinity within gradually unfold itself. Thank you. Any questions? So what was Arjuna? Vanita? He's a rajasic person. He's a rajasic person. Arjuna is a rajasic person. That's why he needs this knowledge to lift him up to the sattvic status. Yeah, so. So Arjuna was regarded as a rajasic person just because he was an active individual, mm -hmm. but he had a sattvic nature because he always wanted to do good for his countrymen. So actually he was a combination. He wasn't just he was classed as being rajasic because he was a man of action. That was the only reason he was classed as being a rajasic person. Mm -hmm. But if you look at his other qualities, they were very sattvic. So qualities of any worldly nature are rajasic. Yeah. So the fact is that he was a good person. He was an unselfish person. These are good qualities in the world. Yeah, that doesn't sattvic person with sattvic desires is I want to get out of this world. I want to reach the goal of self-realization. Arjuna has not those desires. Lord Krishna is talking to him. He doesn't know what Lord Krishna is talking about. What is this self? Yeah. So Arjuna is, as far as this verse is concerned, maybe a good person. But he's a rajasic person, a rajasic desires he has. How can I do good for my countrymen? How can I win this war? These all rajasic desires. But it feels like we're all Arjuna because we 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 want to, we're active, we have to yeah. be active. We have no choice but to be active. Yet we're not bad human beings. We're not talking about we, goodness we, or badness here, are we though? But we're all Arjuna, aren't we? Maybe so. You'd have to decide for yourself. Well, we do have Lord Krishna guiding us <laughs> like he was Arjuna. <laughs> Maybe so, but everyone is at different stage, you see. This is the point. We're defining desires in these three qualities. What you are, you have to think about it yourself. Who you are, etc. Yeah, only you are the best judge of that. Arjuna or Duryodhan. <laughs> you have to decide. Yeah, Nilam. In, in the Vedanta treaties, though, didn't we talk about the fact that we're all made up of all of them and there's a, per right. a percentage of all of them within us absolutely you're absolutely right Nilam. we're made up of all three yeah we're all made up of all three in different proportion so we're talking here predominant quality here um, but yes ultimately we're all made up of all three qualities you may have 80 percent sattvicness 
10% rajas, 10% tamas, or 5% tamas, um, you have to decide. You know, you like sleeping late, then that's that tamasic side in you. You know, Settle tells me something, stop, stop being tamasic. So we all have this quality. Does it depend on your emotions that day? So sometimes you might be really rajasic and then you get to Sunday and you might not want to get out of bed. Um, so it's not, you're not always one type um, of person. See, right now you're all in this class listening to this subject. You're all manifesting your sattvic qualities. Otherwise you wouldn't be here. Yeah. Those who are not here and are sleeping still, they have that tamasic quality manifested. You see? After class, you may say, right, I've got to do this, do this, do this. I've got so many things to do. That's your rajasic quality manifesting. So we're all made up of all three. Yeah. And that's why we say the sattvic quality in the human being manifests mainly at between 4.30 and 6.30. And that's why we say study at that time. Now you have a better understanding. That's what trick quality is that in, in the morning, 4.30, 6.30. That's why when you study this subject, you can absorb a lot more because you're in tune with it. The timing is right. Okay. Where did we? Tamasic quality now, right? So, sattvic and rajas we've done. Tamasika. These are the grossest desires. Person is immersed in ignorance. No clue about spirituality or God. They don't know the spelling of God. Tamasic person. No amount of effort can remove his desires. So how do you deal with a tamasic person? A tamasic person needs time. Time to wake up from this state of laziness and ignorance. The mother says, get up, get up. Nothing. Tamasic quality. He, I'll wake up when I'm ready to wake up. You need to give him time to get out of that quality, that laziness. And here in this verse, this person's desires are compared to a womb covering an embryo. First one was fire, smoke. Second one was mirror, dust. The musik person, womb covering an embryo. How long does it take for a fetus to grow into a baby? Nine months. You have to wait for nine months before the baby emerges out of the mother's womb. Only then you can see the baby, not before that. Yeah. Similarly, desires in a tamasic person completely covers the self within. Effort alone cannot change a tamasic person. No matter how much effort he puts in, it doesn't make a difference. Because a tamasic person needs time to grow out of their tamasic nature, to reach the rajasic state. Once he's reached that state, then he can put in effort to unfold the self within. So a tamasic person, you just have to leave him to it. Come to this class, he'll be saying, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Forget it, I'm staying in bed. And there's nothing you can do. You can take him to the temple, you can take him to anywhere. It doesn't make a difference. You have to leave him to it. Just as it takes nine months for a baby to come out of the womb, a tamasic person, you have to leave him until the time is ready for him to rise up to the rajasic state. It's just laziness, sloth. 
Is that clear to everyone? Am I sick nature? No one here is like that, so I don't want to explain it too much. Am I sick? Everyone is uh, Rajas and Sattvic here, so we'll move on. So Sattvic desires, no effort is needed. Within time, a simple experience will unveil the self within. You'd become self-realized. A Rajasic person, you need to put in effort, will eventually rise to the higher state and you'll reach, you'll get to self-realization. And a tamasic person, you have to wait. It will take time for this person to get out of this state. And then that person can put in effort. Nilam, last paragraph, please. The third type of desires, the tamasica, are the grossest. Steeped in ignorance and indolence, the masika desires cover the self like the womb covers the embryo. Here again, the comparison draws two parallels. The womb covers the embryo completely. The human embryo develops into a fetus in two months. The fetus takes another seven months to grow into a full grown baby. During these nine months, the growing baby is not seen until it emerges from the womb. Also, the baby needs the whole nine months to develop fully. Likewise, the grossness of the massacre desires completely veils the divinity in a human being. Moreover, the massacre desires require time for development into a higher state. No amount of effort alone can change the Thamasika person. He needs time to grow out of his Thamasika nature and unfold the divinity within him. So this verse, you really need to think about it. Just from reading the verse, you can't, you can hardly understand anything. You know, it's like very cryptic. You know, we've read it a few times and just from the verse, it doesn't make any sense. You have to think, contemplate, then you will get the depth of what is being said here. Yeah, you need to put in effort. These Upanishad verses, you can, you can read it a hundred times and spend a hundred hours on one verse and then you get to some depth. This is the kind of depth that these uh, verses have. Any questions? Yeah, Manita. So basically, the layers are thicker each in each section. So if you're sattvic, like you said, the smoke, it, you can blow it away and the veil is thinner than the mirror, obviously. So it's the effort. And then also the, the, the blockage is bigger like an, a womb is thicker than if you come it's a comparison isn't it saying that entrapment is deeper is is that correct absolutely yeah. absolutely because um it's the desires the quality and level of desires that you have is covering that self so these desires are far more greater and they're all worldly desires which take you know a lot more effort um, you try telling someone who's worldly to become spiritual. You, you can't do that. It doesn't happen. Saying that if obviously it takes nine months in a womb, you are incubated for nine months. So you're, you haven't, you're, you're in that state of sleep, whatever you want to call it. And when you're awakened, that's when you, you may realize if you do. But that's what it kind of explains, isn't it? Yeah, so Tamasic person, it takes him a long, long time to get out of that laziness and then start becoming active. Then he becomes a rajasic person. Forget about sattvic nature. It, then he becomes a rajasic person. Okay, let me go and get a job. You know, he's sitting at home doing nothing, lazy. 
playing games all day, you know. Uh, okay, let me go and get a job. Now he's going to a rajasik. Now he's going to fulfill his material desires. But his journey is far, far, far longer. Far, far longer. He has to awaken to the second, yeah. to, to become rajasik. Because yeah. he needs to understand that he needs, he needs some motivation, doesn't he? That's right. See, for example, you have a child at home who's tamasic. He doesn't listen. He's lazy. doesn't want to go to work. He doesn't want to do anything. That's tamasic. You say, find a job, find a job. Yeah, mom, whenever I'll, I'll find a job. No effort. Okay. So that's a tamasic nature. So in the aspect of how you say they don't believe in God, so even that is a big barrier because if you don't believe in anything beyond what you do now, the, the, that journey is far greater than just even the thought of not believing in God is big isn't it well how many people believe in god how many people want to reach spiritual development in this world very few handful most people are in the world this is uh kaliug most people are in the world yeah dimple so um to be sad it's you have to get rid of your rajastic a majority of us are just because we go to work, we go shopping, we have to live, mm -hmm. we've got to survive. So is when do we, how long does it take to get to Sabri? Because we will always have to work, we will always have to survive. So we're always going to be going and being sucked into this world. So it's, I just, I just don't think it's realistic for an average Joe to be mm -hmm. Person. See, so different. Anybody would like to answer that? Saying we're all caught up in this world, and she's absolutely right. We are all caught up in this world. Yeah, Nilam. Um, well, I think I I do agree, but I think it's it's the way you are. So you can either carry on doing your day to day activities with no awareness of the self, or if you put the effort in, develop spiritually you can then still carry on acting in the world, but of a, with a place of knowing the truth of who you are or the self. Yeah, absolutely. I also think, like you said, if you're carrying out your duty, always thinking of the higher, then even if you are logistic, which in nature you are, but you're not trapped because you're thinking of a greater self-awareness is coming in that as well so yes you have to do your duties because that's your obligation and that is why your vasanas are here to be who you are you are not entrapped that's a choice you've made absolutely so dimple the difference between a rajasic person described here and what you're describing as a person who has duties yeah is that your your goal is to get out of it not to increase it See the difference? So eventually you will. But the a rajasic person with no idea of the self, knowledge of the self, has no idea. And he's just engrossed in that. And all he's doing is increasing his desires. You're constantly putting effort in reducing your desires. You see the difference? You know, so ultimately you would get there whenever that may be. Yeah. It's a lot of wiping mirrors. A lot of wiping mirrors, yes. But at least you know you have to wipe the mirror. See, normal people are looking in the mirror and they see an image. They think that's them. 
you're seeing, you're wiping the mirror and you're seeing image of the self. This is where I want to get to. I need to wipe more mirrors. You see the difference? Is everyone okay with that? Good question. We all rajasic. Yes, absolutely. We have to live in this world and survive. We all have to earn money. We have all responsibilities. But what's our goal? Is it to be rich and, you know, um, you know, are those material goals that we're increasing or are we increasing spiritual goals? It's an awareness that you have, which most people don't have. Is that okay? Yeah. Great. This, can I just ask, this verse is talking about the quality of desires mm. or the number of desires? Or both? Both. Both. Yeah. Well, quality of desire is predominantly talking about quality of desire, so we have okay. an understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you have lots of rajasic desires, then it takes longer to reduce them, isn't it? Mm. But uh, ultimately, it's explaining the three different qualities of desires and how they cover the self. Because we're not aware of it. We've just said we have desires. And we have to reduce our desires to reach the self. Now it's explaining these are the three qualities of desire. This is the effort you need to put into it. So on and so on. Yeah. Okay. How are we doing? Guys? Next verse. Okay, this is a shorter one anyway. And that finishes this topic, this verse actually. Avratam jnana metena jnani no nitya veirina kama rupena kunteya duspune duspure nana lena cha avratam jnana metena jnani no nitya veirina Kama rupe na kunteya, duspure na cha. So this is the last verse he's answering Arjuna to his question. O Kunteya, wisdom is covered by this constant enemy of the wise in the form of desire as insatiable fire. O Kunteya, another word for? Arjuna, wisdom is covered by this constant enemy of the wise in the form of desire as insatiable fire. So what he's saying is that desires not only cover the self, but it also covers our knowledge and wisdom. It's a constant hindrance in our life. Now you have to read between the lines of what this means. We already say desires cover the self, three different qualities. But desires also covers our wisdom. We can't see clearly. We can't think clearly. Unfulfilled desires cause us constant mental, mental agitations, clouding our knowledge, clouding our judgment. The intellect's ability to think clearly. And depending on the strength of the desire, it can be fatal. This affects all humans, even a wise person. Desires are insatiable like fire. 
Therefore, Krishna warns Arjuna that desires are one's greatest enemy. Desires are the, our greatest enemy. And what are we doing every day? Fulfilling desires, creating new ones, fulfilling desires, creating new ones. And he's saying it's our greatest enemy. Krishna calls Arjuna O Konteya, meaning son of Mata Kunti. So is giving respect to his lineage. And this is the third time Krishna uses the word enemy over the last few verses. Desires are your enemy. Desires are your enemy. Third time he's using this verse in this uh, line. So what this verse is saying is when you have a very strong desire, it stops your capacity to think clearly. Why does it stop you from thinking clearly? Because it becomes agitations, mental agitations. And when you're agitated, the mind is disturbed. When the mind is disturbed, you can't think clearly. Therefore, wisdom is covered. All you can think of is fulfilling the desire. You can't evaluate the desire. You can't do anything. It becomes an obsession, like a disease. This is how powerful a desire can become. Some desires are weak, some desires are strong. Example, we've seen enough movies of a person becoming obsessed with another person. They do anything to get that person. They desire even kill to fulfill that desire. This is fatal. But that's a desire that can become fatal. Obsessed. So many movies out there. Fatal attraction. Desire to gain another person. But you can apply this to any desire. The more you think about the desire, the more powerful it gets. And as you think more and more, greater the greater, until it just agitates your mind until you fulfill that desire. All hands are up. Do you think this world is governed by desires? If people stop desiring and wanting and become knowledgeable and use that knowledge wisdom in this world, what would happen to this world? Would it be, they'll become wise and they'd stop desiring. Then this world would almost stop because they don't need any of that. So all of everything that's here, it's not needed anymore. So people really to survive because a lot for this world to keep going people have to keep desiring unless they become knowledgeable right one that can never happen john lennon's song comes to settle his mind imagine all the people yeah. this is utopia you're talking about which will never happen but ultimately you're right Ultimately, all right. So it's saying, Krishna is saying, wisdom is covered by the constant enemy of the wise. So you have wisdom. So you are in an aspect, if you have wisdom, you understand. But because the, the desires are so big that even the wisdom can't even right. unveil that. So you could be a wise man knowing that you need to live a simple life 
and then that one desire will just take away all that wisdom you have for yeah. that one one second of pleasure or whatever you want to call it is it's as simple as that absolutely right you could work on yourself for years yeah. and one thing will take it away yeah. that's not really unfair is it absolutely you're absolutely <laughs> right you have all the knowledge all the wisdom but one strong desire can wipe everything away and destroy you that's how powerful that's why saying it's your worst enemy so he's also saying in the same context these people on the other side of the battlefield your desire for their life is causing you this agitation you have the wisdom to understand that you have to kill them and yeah. you want to get a kingdom ultimately your desire is to get the kingdom and everything right yeah. but your 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 desire is your wisdom is covered by that desire of them not dying yeah. That's why he can't fulfill his role. And Krishna is, that, you know, he knows. Love and emotion. Yeah, love and emotion. Yeah. It can be fatal. And if he doesn't uh, fulfill that, what will happen? He will die. Arjuna will die. So you... We have the knowledge. He says smoking kills. But yet you still want the desire to have a cigarette and you know what the harm it can do to you. You have the knowledge, but not the wisdom. So desires cover wisdom. Does that wisdom come back? If that desire hasn't killed you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it depends what desire. As you said wisdom stays till your next life or onwards, right? As um, um, Prabhupada just said, you know smoking kills. You're an ex-smoker. And you think one won't kill me. You have the wisdom. You might have that one cigarette. It's not going to kill you. But you see, that desire has overtaken the wisdom that I wanted to stop smoking. I've stopped smoking, but that desire is so powerful, I need to fulfill it, even though you have the wisdom. But can you get it back if you go the other way? You may, well? thereafter, you, that desire may not come back again. Mm. Or that wisdom might be stronger. Where the desire pops up, mm. you are able to eliminate it with the wisdom because it's while it's weak. But in this verse, it's saying that it's your enemy, the wisdom is yeah. your enemy. As in no, your, sorry, the, the wisdom is covered by yeah. the desire. That's right. And I'll explain to you in a second. The more powerful, the greater the agitations. If a more powerful the desire, the greater the agitations you feel. The less clearly you can think. Your partner just comes back from work. You ask them something, they will say, please, ask me later. I can't think right now. Mind is agitated. Stress from work. Wisdom is covered meaning intellect is not available to think. Another example Swamiji gives, surgeon, really good doctor, operates on hundreds of people, the routine operations he does, whatever the operation he does, yeah, routine operations he, he does. But then his wife has an accident and comes into the operating theater. He can't operate, why? Attachment to the wife. Simple operation, he can't do. Attachment to the wife. Mind is agitated. Wisdom is not available. He could not think. He could not function. Routine operation, he could not perform. That desire, agitations, attachment clouds his wisdom. So we all like that, really, every day. 
because we all have wisdom. We all, in whatever capacity, however far you are developed, but in we don't think before we speak. We don't think about our action. We just do things, and that's what causes the clouding of the judgment, isn't it? Because, like I said, if you come home and you know your husband works hard, don't ask him why have you not done this, why have you done that. You know, like I know it sounds quite petty, but if you know that he's not going to be in a great mood, why are you causing him that agitation? Wisdom. See, you have wisdom now. <laughs> <laughs> you now have wisdom. So if you reduce your desires, agitations become less. More wisdom is available. It's the, it's the, not re, the usual battle. Intellect versus mind. Mind is reactive. Mind wants to do this. Mind wants to do that. Intellect is wisdom. Uh, knowledge and wisdom what's available to you what's winning the battle the mind or the intellect that's all it boils down to so if you have no desires no agitations no agitations you can gain true wisdom of self meaning atman and the atman is uncovered you have knowledge of self self-realization yeah no no desires no agitations yourself that's why zero desires self-realization Rita, could you read paragraph one please the verse calls desire the constant enemy nitya varian varian constant because of its unrelenting grip on you the previous verse declares that desires obscure the self within this verse states further that desires not only obscure the self but affect your passage through life. Desires also veil knowledge, the extent of which desires veil knowledge depends upon their num the number of power, the number of, and power, sorry. The existence of unfulfilled desires produce mental agitations. This mental agitation clou agitations cloud your knowledge, reducing your intellect's capacity to think. However, a wise person his desires will still affect his knowledge, lack of application of knowledge and intellect, while always detrimental can at times prove fatal. Thank you. So in the ashram, we study many Shakespeare plays, we watch movies, and then we discuss the philosophy behind it. There's a list of movies and plays that we, we um, watch and discuss. And for this particular uh, verse, Play the Macbeth. Shakespeare's play Macbeth. Lady Macbeth says to her husband, Kill King Duncan and you'll become king. So the Lady Macbeth put the desire into Macbeth's mind. So as you think about more the desire, the desire becomes stronger. Macbeth thought, yes, I'll kill the king and I will become king myself. So the more he thought about it, the stronger the desire became. Now, King Duncan, who was a benefactor, he helped Macbeth all throughout his life to become who he is. Great supporter. Next, the time he came, King Duncan, to stay with him in his castle, Macbeth's castle, Macbeth killed King Duncan. I'm just going quickly through the play. Stabbed him to death. Then he comes out of the room once he's killed him 
with blood on his hands and he, and what did he say? Anyone, does anyone remember what he said? He said, I murdered sleep. I murdered sleep. Remember Shakespeare language, meaning mental agitations. He was never to be the same again, completely lost his mind. Eventually his mind drove him to kill himself. Shakespeare tragedy, Macbeth. So a desire could completely annihilate you. It can kill you if you don't think about it. If you read paragraph two. In Shakespeare's play, Macbeth desired to usurp the throne from King Duncan, who was his benefactor. The desire grew into a monstrous obsession. It completely veiled his wisdom and judgment, and he murdered Duncan. He then lost his peace of mind. This mental ag agony drove him ultimately to his own death. Thus, did this lust of power prove fatal to himself. So this is an example of when a desire can destroy a person. Any questions? But be careful what your desire pops up. Be careful what you try to fulfill, which desire try to fulfill. You never know when it can destroy you. Desires are insatiable, like fire. No matter how much wood you put in a fire, it never says enough. It is ready for more. We heard of these forest fires, California, in Europe, completely destroyed kilometers, miles of land. So difficult to stop. Similarly, desires are insatiable. They will never stop until they completely destroy you. Lord Krishna warns Arjuna against this deadly enemy, desire. Desire is your greatest enemy. This enemy haunts you from birth to death like fire. It is insatiable. No amount of fuel can appease fire. The wealthiest man in the world never feels satisfied with any amount of wealth. He never seeks, he ever seeks more and more wealth. The most beautiful woman in the world longs for more beauty. The most knowledgeable person craves for more knowledge. Krishna lovingly addresses Arjuna as Kunteya, warns him against the deadly, against this deadly enemy, desire. There we have it. Lord Krishna has answered Arjuna, what makes us do these things? In the next four verses, Lord Krishna tells us how to overcome these impediments, how to overcome this issue. We have to wait till next class to find out. So ponder on desire is the enemy until next week. Any questions? From Cloudy Lake District. Have a lovely Sunday. We'll see you next week.